1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical
0: costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com.
2: Welcome to the HIV podcast. Each week, we focus on a person, historical event, or pop culture
0: moment linked to HIV and explore the story of what actually happened. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess. And between us, we've been working in the field of HIV for 40 years. Our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated.
2: Bienvenidos al HIV podcast.
0: Little Spanish entrance, that was.
2: Oh, I understood that because I'm also learning Spanish.
0: So, as well um, as Welsh. What, what, How do you have time to fit this all in? Oh, well, you only do five minutes a day in each. Is that what you do on Duolingo? That's what well
2: I do. Probably other like, tryhards probably do hours, <laughs> but not for me.
0: Is that why you're not getting very far? Uh, I think if I'm in the
2: higher end of the leagues. So, what, what did they say? Tell us. What on Duolingo? No, on the intro. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> not- welcome to the
0: HIV podcast. I don't know. I don't know what else you said. Perfect. I think that was it. I have news. Do you? Yeah. Cast your mind back to our National HB Testing Week episode. We're talking all things Testing Week, but we also discussed why it moved, because obviously it used to be in November, didn't it? And it moved. And this morning, I had a little message from somebody who's just listened to that. So thank you, Stuart, for messaging on Instagram. And they said, I'm on the HIV testing week episode. I'm unsure if you've had the answer yet. And obviously we had not. So that was obviously music to my eyes, Sarah, that we have got an answer. So music he said, to my eyes. I've not heard Go with before. it. Go with it. It's <laughs> happening. So he said testing week typically was the week before World AIDS Day, as we had discussed. Yeah, During COVID and the fact that we were in lockdowns and there were restrictions and working from home, it was then moved to February 2021, and it's just remained there ever since. Okay.
2: I prefer it yeah, to I be do. After, after Christmas. But,
0: God, oh, COVID changed everything, didn't it? I miss COVID. I'm not going to lie. Don't miss the illness. That's not what I'm saying. I just like a simpler way of life. Oh, what, when we were all stuck in our homes? Loved it. Yeah, there's no pressure. I just I like the option to be able to go out, Jess. Oh, but I liked going out and then I get to go out and it's quite quiet. I get to go on lovely walks, lovely dog walks. And and maybe that's the difference for me. I know some of my friends were actually genuinely considering getting dogs, you know, lockdown dogs, because you got to go out for more walks. Yeah, I loved it.
2: No, I didn't like all the rules. I like to be able to go shopping when I want. I like to have as many walks as I want. But but I, I mean, it was terrifying. It was quite scary, wasn't it? And there yeah. was a lot of misinformation. And, you know, what I realised during lockdown is that I love my family, you know, my kids and my husband, but spending all my time with
0: all of them is not It's not for oh, me. Oh, but that's why I'm saying I think it is a different experience from the people I know who have children. It was a very different experience to live as someone that's childless because obviously I didn't have any of that. So a, a friend of mine had actually put, on their like Facebook or something like that, their Instagram. Like, how how's life out there in lockdown, everyone that doesn't have children? You're enjoying it. You're just lounging around watching all the movies you want on a weekend. You're doing anything you like. Not, And I think, yeah, I suppose I come at it from a very different place. But anyway, we've, we've, we've gone off on a tangent. Thank you, Stuart, for giving us the info about why it changed. Fantastic. What
2: have we got today, Sarah? Well, we've dabbled. We've dabbled in this area before with Magic Johnson. Gareth Thomas, but we've never really done a deep dive into sport, okay. which is odd. It's very odd considering how sporty we both are. Me, school netball champion. You probably also have many sporting achievements. Swimming. I
0: swam a half marathon. Come on, what, man. at school. How big was your pool? A couple of years ago in the river. Oh. It's like we don't even work together. Cannot, but this is literally a couple of years ago. No, I remember you talking about it, but that's it. Oh, do you know the worst part, right? When I got out, I literally had, I'll try and find a picture, to suppose. I had a beard of black where I'd swum through some um, boat engine oil. uh, no. No, that's not nice. And I wouldn't swim in the Thames now, I have to say. You know, I know we've talked about this before. I was supposed to do other events and I've had to pull out because it's, I mean, what they're doing to the river is terrible. But anyway, back to sport and HIV. Yeah. So, well, you know, it's the Olympics this year, as you well you
2: might not know, but it's the Olympics. I actually know I love the Olympics. I did not know that. Where is it this year? Golly gosh, Jess, where have you been? It's in Paris. Gay Paris. Yes. So end July, beginning of August, something around there. It's the
0: Olympics, the summer Olympics. You love the Olympics, don't you? I do love the Olympics. They're amazing. I'm a fair weather supporter. I only cared when it was in the UK.
2: Two weeks of my life will be taken over watching all of the sports. But it's an ideal opportunity to remember and celebrate sports people affected by HIV. And that's what we're going to do. It's going to be like a series, I think. I haven't thought this through yet. But we'll come back to it because we've got lots of other episodes coming up in the next few months. Yeah, Kind of dip in and out.
0: I would love that. That sounds great. And because I knew a little bit about what it might be, I might have something to bring to the table as well, which is rare. Really? But I'm going to let you go first because I'm notorious, aren't I, for sort of careering in and it's already something we're going to talk about later in the episode. So I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to wait.
2: And we are, we're going global. I mean, if we were to do this as a UK based kind of theme, there's only really one athlete, well, Gareth Thomas, who's open about living with HIV.
0: I suppose so. But what I have is UK based. And I think you're going to find it very interesting. Okay. Okay. Would you want me to carry on? And then when are you going to share? Yes, yeah, yeah. So I, I will let you do the episode first. I know it's not masses, it's just a little bit, but I thought it was really important that we included it. Oh, okay. What if it contradicts everything I'm about to tell you? It won't. One of the things I have actually, um, in, in terms of sports, this, this isn't the, the bit that I was like, this is quite important to cover. But one of the bits that I found was that in 1987, which was a full five years after the first AIDS deaths, this article says. Um, The Football Association started the season by warning its players not to use communal baths or swap shirts at the end of matches. Swapping shirts? Come on.
2: Oh, I know. I know. And we are looking at football today. That's what we're going to start with. So as I was saying, for the UK, really, it's only Gareth Thomas. There aren't that many people that are open about their status, if any, Um, or maybe they just don't feel comfortable talking about it, which is absolutely fine. Can't look at all sports in one go because imagine how long that podcast episode would take. So I have started with HIV and football. And the reason I've started
0: with football is because it's all anybody talks about in my house. And we're we're talking about, let's remember, because we have a lot of people from around the rest of the world. We mean soccer. I mean, we don't mean soccer, everyone. We mean football because we're English. But to other people, we are talking about the sport that some people might call soccer.
2: Oh,
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point
2: everyone in my house talks about football. I can rarely contribute. I have nothing to add to the conversation. Well, I do now with some very interesting and thought-provoking football HIV
0: observations. I bet they can't wait for that during the next match where you're like, (laughs) does everyone want to listen to my interesting facts? (laughs) Like bugger off. Oh, so we are
2: looking at football, as I said, not football in the UK, although you've got some facts about that. Uh, if you Google HIV and football UK, all that comes up is Gareth, Gareth Thomas stories. Doesn't even play football. So we are going. We are going to look at football, and we're going to start with a footballer called Job Kamol, or his full name. Are you ready for this? Yeah, Job Jean Black Kamol and Golu Bull couch and probably butchered in its pronunciation. Yes, apologies. So
0: apologies about that. Uh, so he
2: was a Cameroonian footballer at the start of his career. He was training and playing for the youth side and second team called Vitesse. They're a Dutch football team in the Dutch equivalent of the Premier League. Had to check all that with my two sons. And he was training for his for the first team. So this is his big break into Kind of Premier League football in November two thousand. So we are going back a few years. Job was nineteen. The test chairman announced that Job had tested positive for HIV. So we're in the year two thousand. We're not in the eighties. We're not in the nineties. This, but there's still panic. Other football clubs started testing their players and questioning whether HIV could be transmitted during the game. Jobs playing license was suspended despite research at the time highlighting the risk of transmission during a game was less than 0.1%.
0: And they still suspended him?
2: Yes. Oh, that's
0: awful, isn't it?
2: Even though they've got the medical research. I mean, he was allowed to play again, but treatment of his disease prevented him from making the Vitesse team again. And I'd love to be able to share with you how his treatment prevented him from playing, but there's no detail. No detail on that. I think it's just to cover-up. They just didn't want him anymore.
0: That's awful, isn't it? So was that it? His career's just over? Yeah. They did grant him Dutch
2: residency, but his football career never reached the heights of the Premier League again. So we move on to 2016 and four days after signing a new contract with El Ittiat, again, might not be how you pronounce it, they're an Egyptian Premier League club. Another Cameroonian, Samuel Elend, had his contract cancelled after he tested positive for HIV after a routine medical. So we've gone six years forward. Nothing's changed. Wait, did you say 2006 or 2016? Oh, 2016. We're 16 years forward. I often wonder why Sean lets me manage our budgets. (laughs) This is a perfect example of why it should be handed to someone else. So Samuel's 21. he's He's, again, a huge football talent, top scorer for his previous club. He's represented his country at the African Nations Championship. So moving to Egypt, massive deal. Their football league is one of Africa's richest. So he's, again, on that trajectory to be kind of an international football star. So their decision to revoke his contract raised questions at the time about the legality of doing so. So when a footballer has a medical, let's say so the club can be aware of any issues around their health, obviously, so okay. lingering injuries, stuff like that. But it shouldn't be used to discriminate against someone because they're living
0: with a manageable long-term condition that won't affect their ability to play. This might be a question that you have no idea of the answer. Do we know if these players possibly knew that they were positive before they were tested or not? Was this like you're being diagnosed and also your career's sort of being... You know the rugs being pulled up behind your feet as well.
2: I I don't know. We might find out with this one as we go through. Mm. With the first one, I'm not sure. It doesn't mention whether he knew or not. Yeah. But even if he did know, so what? How is it? I mean, he up until he got to the point of playing for a huge Premier League club,
0: despite having HIV. So why would he turn around and say, "Well, no, you can't play anymore"? There's no better evidence, is there, that it, HIV doesn't affect you whatsoever than getting to that level in sports and being like, I've literally proved that my HIV is not affecting the game. It's, uh, it's crazy. There was a court case um,
2: about a different unnamed football player that should have put all of this kind of shenanigans to bed. And it was heard in a Zurich court. It was in May 2002. Uh, it was a football player who was offered a three-year contract. One month later, during a medical examination, he was diagnosed with HIV. Medical consultant confirmed that from a medical point of view, he's very healthy. He's able to play football. But in July, his contract was cancelled and it went to court. Because effectively, it's unfair dismissal, isn't it? So the court decided whether the contract was cancelled based on a good cause. So the player is saying the termination was unnecessary and the club are saying that, well, you know, you're going to be a danger to your teammates. You're going to be a danger to other players. And also they said, you already knew your status and you refused to declare it to your teammates at the club.
0: But why does he have to? Uh, So the club was
2: saying, look, we can't take responsibility for someone like this. Can't let him participate in training or matches. They're very much putting the onus on the player.
0: It's so archaic, these views, aren't they, of just like, like you are saying, even to use phrases like um, you're a danger to your teammates, what? I mean, football clubs are pretty harsh places sometimes, aren't they? It's
2: very competitive uh, to reach the top, but they think, God, who would want to if you're going to be treated like this? So the club's saying, look, you knew you were HIV positive before you joined the club, and in football, you know, you know there's a risk of infection in the workplace, so, you're obliged to let everybody know your status. Now, I know it's 2002. I know it's 20 years ago, but come on. We knew a lot of facts around HIV at that time. That's two years before I joined TVPS. And when I joined, although these views were around, we had the scientific information to be able to address them and educate people that, you know, no one's a danger to anyone.
0: But do you think also, Beyond it being a danger, do you think some of the clubs are just like, no, this isn't what we signed up for? It's almost a way of getting around that. of going, I don't want to have to deal with the fact that I've got a positive player. So actually, the easiest thing to do is say they're dangerous, get them out that way, because actually I just want a player. Do you know what I mean? I just they don't want the hassle. Yeah, it's got to be against the law now, right? But well, they us. can still, well, I don't know if they can still do it within the medical, because they are other, well, I don't know. But why is it relevant? Especially with you equals you. Because there's literally no way you can pass it on. So they can't play this whole, you're a danger to people card anymore. I think the clubs are a law to themselves. They have the
2: pick of players, don't they? Yeah. Every young child who does football
0: wants to reach the point where they're picked up by an internet or by a Premier League club. Yeah, I suppose you'd do anything at that point, wouldn't you? But I was just sort of thinking about, you know, how the laws changed for tons of different jobs where you don't have to disclose. I just wondered around that. But you're right. I suppose when you're in that power seat and you know that someone would essentially give their permission to do anything to, to play football at that level.
2: And it's you know, the fact that there isn't information about in the UK about footballers who are HIV positive would suggest that there aren't any. Mm-hmm. So maybe clubs are still picking I, and
0: choosing. I don't status. believe that. I do not believe that. I think there must be. There must be. And how would you, if you were
2: positive and you were turned down for a club because you disclosed your status, how are you going to prove it? It's very cutthroat, isn't it? You could be dropped for all kinds of reasons.
0: Well, absolutely. And that is what we're going to talk about
2: oh, oh my. later. Yeah. Oh, let's go back to our court case then in Switzerland. So we're going to look at what the court considered. Switzerland is my favourite country. I'm covering all my favourites today. If I could throw some Lego in there, I will. Why? Because of Swiss Chocolate. Chocolate mountains, snow, yodeling, oh, <laughs> like which yodel. is my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a beautiful country. No, It's why I watch Ski Sunday, Jess, in
0: case Switzerland comes on. This is completely irrelevant, I have to tell you, because it's one of my favourite things. A girl I went to school with, they always went skiing and her dad recorded it from the TV, because remember, this is like in the 90s, and he would play it on like his Walkman as he skied down the slopes. And I was like, life probably doesn't get better than that, does it?
2: I'm so with him. <laughs> I played the marathon music while I'm on my morning walk before, and the A-team. I <laughs> say, let's get this done. I like it, theme song for the day. Yeah, 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 definitely. Right, anyway, so Swiss court, don't let me down. What did they decide? So on the last point, which was that he should have told them he was positive, they concluded that if an employer is entitled to gather information about an, an employee's HIV status, then the
0: employee doesn't have to disclose, which is fair enough. They're going to test him anyway. So basically what the football club was saying, I, I just need to understand this correctly. They were saying we've terminated you because you knew you were, you were positive and you should have told people. And then they found out from a test. So it's like that omission that he's had his, can- his contract cancelled for, right? Yes.
2: Okay. So, yes, they're saying, well, you should have told us. But they, they test routinely anyway, so what's the point? Exactly. It just kind of, they're contradicting themselves, aren't they? We're going to test you routinely for HIV for the medical, but you must tell us your status before the medical. won't stop them testing him. Yeah. So I'm I'm with this footballer. I wouldn't bother telling them either. Uh, so the court ruled that that in itself wasn't a good enough reason to, con- t- to cancel the contract. Excellent. They didn't uh, let but, you down?
0: Switzerland didn't let well, you down? Well, on
2: that point. Oh, but what about risk to others? The risk of infection as a good reason for terminating a contract. What did they decide for that? So the club's saying there's risk to others, particularly as the player was refusing to share his diagnosis. So even after he's had the medical, he's still like, oh, I, I'm not going to tell anybody this. You know, It's my business. So the court said in the first instance, the club should have issued the player with a warning that if he didn't share his diagnosis, his contract would be terminated. Bear with the Swiss court. I mean, I felt they lost the, point, the plot at this point. But they also said that being HIV positive isn't a reason for not employing someone, only if there are no appropriate measures to reasonably mitigate the risk of infection. Okay? So they are essentially... I can't believe... I'd love to know who this football club is. With their unreasonable demands. The club went on to argue they'd have to take measures like informing the rest of the team. So they're saying... This is the best phrase I've ever heard. They were arguing that HIV infection belongs to the sphere of intimacy of a person and therefore it was the player's responsibility to inform his teammates. What is a sphere of intimacy? Well, I think I know the answer. My sphere of intimacy is about a mile long, like a, like a, a circumference around me. This club are coming up with any measures that they can to stop this footballer from playing for them. Yeah. And throwing in terminology that we've never heard of, like sphere of intimacy, I'm going to use that all the time. What's your husband? Get out
0: of my yes. sphere of intimacy! Don't breach my sphere of intimacy! <laughs> <laughs> or you could invite him into it, couldn't you? You may enter. I'm into sphere my sphere. Of
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Perfect, I love it. That's like real like next-level consent. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> inviting someone into your sphere
2: yeah we should ad- everybody should adopt that i think it would it would save a lot of
0: issues and also i think you should be able to determine how wide your sphere is. oh and does it does does the wideness of your sphere change depending on who the person is right oh it, it would change depending on the time of month for, for some people <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> yeah
2: no that. let's let's because you know for some people, it's, it's, it's hard for them to understand consent, isn't it? Mm. So let's put in the sphere of intimacy on top of that. Jesus. I'm still very disappointed with that football club. Oh, well, I know. I think they're desperate, aren't they? When you come up with
0: terms like that that no one's ever yeah. heard of, you're just clutching at straws, aren't but you? But that's what we said. They just don't want a positive player. That is the bottom line. And I yeah. don't really think it's about the danger to anyone else. I just think they don't want the hassle.
2: So the club are coming back and they're saying, look, it's the sphere of intimacy means uh, that they have to let the other players know. But they also said that had they pressured him to disclose his status, that would have amounted to blackmail. So they're saying we can't force him to tell other people, but we don't want him because he's not telling other people. And even if he did tell other people, probably wouldn't want him anyway. So he can't win. No, he definitely can't win. And the court agreed that the club couldn't reveal... The footballers, uh, the footballers' HIV status, without his consent, so that they ruled that the player refusing to disclose his status didn't constitute a violation of his contract. But they also said that what the court should have done is given him a warning and said, "Well, if you don't tell everyone, then we will, and you know, you're
0: violating violating your contract. Uh, and if you don't do that, then we're going to sack you."
2: On that point, the Swiss court has let me down.
0: Well, yeah, again, they're giving him really no choice, are they? It's just an absolutely untenable situation. So the court, I don't think the court helped
2: really, because they were like, the termination of the player's contract with immediate effect was not based on good cause, but under Swiss law, the termination was still valid. Mm. So they're saying you haven't followed the correct process to sack him, but had you followed the correct process, you were well within your rights to sack him. Oh, Zurich, you're not now included in my favourite parts of Switzerland.
0: You let us down, Switzerland. We're upset deeply upset with them have we got anything nicer have you got any good news stories
2: no Uh, we'll go
0: back to so we'll go back to the Egyptian club okay
2: because if that's what was ruled in the Swiss court why didn't the same rules apply to him to to protect him from being sacked well different countries have different rules yeah so in Egypt, the law requires a negative HIV test result before work permits are granted to expats. This yeah. is
0: 2016. Has the law changed since then? No. No, it hasn't. Oh, I can imagine. Do you know, Um, I so I'd lived in Egypt for a little bit, Um, but I didn't because I wasn't going for like a long-term work permit. But my auntie, who also lived there, She had to have regular HIV tests. I remember travelling with her. You had to travel for miles. You had to go to El Tour. It's like a five-hour journey. I mean, she lived there for many years. Oh,
2: that's blown my mind a little bit. Um, Okay, well, I should point out that the football club was widely criticised at the time for making all this public. Oh, what a bunch of bastards. That's just horrible. He he clearly (laughs) does not want to disclose,
0: but you've taken it public.
2: Yeah, so the poor guy has joined the club. This is his big break. The football club's tested him for HIV, realised he's positive gas, oh, sorry, no, no, you you can't play for us. Uh, and then told the public, probably without the players' consent, just said,
0: Oh, we can't we can't have him anymore because he's HIV positive. Well done, Egyptian football club. Oh, that's horrible, isn't it? And imagine that it, you think you're just about to like hit like your your dreams are gonna come true, you know, it's your big break, and then all of this happens. And the worst part is
2: that we know that neither football player that we've mentioned or the one that was in court, having HIV would not have affected their ability to play. You know, it doesn't make them a a, a worse footballer.
0: It's it, it should be completely irrelevant. So I'm not
2: happy with the world of football. So I think we've answered why so few footballers, if any, choose to be open about their HIV status. You wouldn't, would you? I wouldn't no. if I was a footballer. I mean, look at this. This is just... You know. Oh, horrible. I mean, there you go. Part one of HIV and sport concluded. I might do something to do with swimming next.
0: Do it. I've got loath to contribute. Well, so I obviously have something as well. And mine is to do with football as well, Sarah. But you're not going to like it any more than you liked all the others. This was just interesting. And so this person wasn't positive, as far as we know. It's just in fashion. Oh, yes. Yeah, I've so- heard of it. I just wanted to mention this. I found a really interesting article by somebody called Matty Hayward. And obviously we'll put the link below. That was about sort of some of the real stigma that Justin Fashionou faced. I mean, so so Justin Fashionou came out as being gay in the press in October 1990. And he was the first man in top flight football to do that, to come out. And he said that he knew at the time, so he said he knew it of at least 12 other players who were also gay, who obviously they haven't come out. This article goes on to say that you could assume that obviously him coming out would be, you know, that takes loads of courage, right? That takes a lot of bravery and it should be a moment of liberation and joy. But the reality was that for, for just it, I said John Fashion, a wooger, the reality was for Justin Fashionou, it was a real desperate attempt to control his story, a bit like we saw with, you know, what happened with Gareth Thomas and his HIV, you know, him being outed in the press. So he had been informed that a Sunday newspaper planned to expose him. And so in a panic, he called his agent, Eric Hall, who arranged an interview with The Sun in exchange for a fee. Fashanu was allowed um, himself to be heard rather than allowing the rumour mill to churn further which is what we've heard. But the sub headline on the front page read, Justin Fashionoo confesses. And obviously that implication of saying you're confessing something is, of you know, guilt and sin and all of that. Now, what does all of this have to do with HIV? You're all wondering, I'm sure. So obviously there's a bit of Justin Fashionoo backstory. So in November 91, Justin did receive the opportunity from Torquay United on the condition that he took an HIV test as part of the medical So that did happen here as well. Oh, so was that that it was just standard or was that because they knew he was gay? No. So, well, I don't know if it was standard. I don't want to comment on that. But this reads as if it wasn't because it says the reason that was given that he had to take this HIV test was due to the fact that he was high risk and, quote, having multiple partners. Oh. Oh, yeah. And it says this was a false presumption. And it obviously was based on like homophobic stereotypes. You know, Justin hadn't had multiple partners at the time, but it was assumed that he had because of his sexuality. At Fulham on Boxing Day, 91, he was roundly mocked by the home fans. He was often asked to change in the referee's room as the gulls players, which I assume is a team, did not want to change with him. Oh, my God. Do you are see you why I had so to include this? That is why I had to include it because just coming out and doing, I mean, A, awful that he was forced to come out. But B, he came out and then everyone's just like, well, well we better test it." better getting tested for HIV. It's unbelievable. Well, footballers, right, after the game, I don't know if they still do this. They used to all have baths together, didn't they? Well, that's what I brought up in the beginning, wasn't it? So in that was in 1987. The Football Association said, no more communal baths. And I actually think they still don't have communal baths, even though it's you equals you. But I think that practice sort of died out, didn't it? I mean, if you're all having communal baths, let us know. I don't know. Oh God! But isn't that isn't but that awful? Back then imagine having that. You can't get changed with us because you're gay, but we're all going to jump in a bath together because we're all heterosexual men. Yeah, I don't think so. It's it's awful, isn't it? And the fact that he would he basically was only taken on on the condition of an HIV test, and it, and it can't be that it was a standard across the board because why would you give a reason? But I mean, there's more work to be done, isn't there, for us to look at whether you know what other sports routinely
2: test for HIV and how many sports use it as an excuse if you
0: test positive for you not to continue with your sporting career that must be so heartbreaking to have reached those heights you know to accomplish anything in sports must be so difficult and so to get to those levels that we're talking about and then have it all snatched away from you because you're positive is truly truly heartbreaking
2: it is and I think there's still a lot of
0: stigma in sport in football in particular massively oh look at the racism that's still in in football and i'm sure other sports but we hear it so much in football it's awful absolutely Mm -hmm. awful well this has been a horrible episode (laughs) (laughs) want to do this again (laughs) well i mean i have to say i
2: don't know whether any sporting episodes are going to be fun upbeat heartwarming if i'm honest i think Uh, the world of sport has got to do
0: a lot yeah around HIV stigma and education still, still in this day and age. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to take that as a bit of a challenge and see if I can actually find any kind of positive stories. Wouldn't it be great if a football club contacted us and said they wanted to sponsor
2: some episodes to show that, their support for the HIV community?
0: That would be brilliant. Um, but also I just want them to stop being awful to players. Well, this has been highly depressing, Sarah. Well, you're welcome. Thank God I've brought a packet of crisps this week. There's a whole tub of Chocolate just opposite me. Yeah, well, we're in the office today. So Sarah and I, it's a Tuesday. We're recording on a Tuesday. So we're in the office. And um, yeah, that's all the that's what's left over from the Christmas chocolate, Sarah. Is that all that's left? Crikey. Do yeah. you know what we've had to do? Because I'm in the main office. You're
2: in the office next door. And uh, we've shut everyone else in the tiniest office <laughs> in the <laughs> centre. Stay in there and don't make any noise. <laughs> that and all the
0: service users are like, stay downstairs. No, no what's coming upstairs just now. <laughs> just so we could do this this is why we we don't tend to record in the office isn't it it's it's a bit of a nightmare and we don't want to lock people in little prisons that's not no, that's not all right talked about how organizations
2: should treat their stuff
0: <laughs> imagine if you were like a new referral that popped along and you get ushered into a tiny room shush, shush now be quiet <laughs> we don't do that by the way we do, no, do we that. don't <laughs> no, we- they've got all of the downstairs yes the-
2: for themselves it's just the staff that are in the teeny tiny
0: yeah office. it's just the stuff they've got a teeny tiny office and the little toilet that locks onto that so at least we know they can have a wee if they need it they can have a comfort break perfect I'm going to slide some food under the door maybe a little bar of chocolate they're small enough you've seen how tiny a curly whirly is these days Jesus
2: oh I know oh don't get me started about the price of chocolate
0: it's absolutely horrific price of everything is terrible. But, oh, I just wanted to say for everybody about what we have coming up um, next week, actually, because it's quite exciting, Sarah. Is it? What's oh, happening? Yeah. Guess number two. Yeah, no, next week we are going to be chatting with the absolutely legendary Topher Taylor. Yeah, so get sexually liberated, Sarah. Get yourself warmed up and get yeah, that, that intimacy sphere. Bring it down a bit for well, me.
2: Well, no, I feel, yeah, because we've talked about the sphere of intimacy. That's
0: not going to go down so well. Maybe he'll help you, you know, yes, overcome it, overcome the sphere of intimacy. If there's anyone that can do it, it's Topher.
2: Thanks for listening to the HIV podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can
0: now also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the HIV podcast for behind the scenes insights and video. The HIV podcast is produced by Thames Valley Positive Support.